Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani, and alongside me tonight for the finals. And as I'll touch on a little bit more, I'm emotionally moving past the Lakers season. Glad that LeBron's kind of put the quote-unquote retirement stuff behind him. And I think this is going to be an intense series. Nick, you're absolutely right about the NBA Finals kind of ringing in the summer. And also, it is the last great sporting event before football season rolls around in September. So it is the most pivotal time of year in terms of hopefully we get a great series that goes close to seven games. And then it is the dog days in terms of sports as we really only are able to focus on baseball and the storylines as we get closer to NFL training camp. And in terms of LeBron, which we will only be mentioning at this point in the podcast, as we all know, folks, there is no better schemer than the king himself, as his only goal in hinting at retirement was to take away from the embarrassing 4-0 sweep against the Denver Nuggets. And may we say, did it work? Oh, it's a superior opponent. That is a team full of dogs that got hot at the right time. And I'm sad to say the Bulls are the reason that the Miami Heat have been able to go on such a historic run in these playoffs because they held a lead late in the fourth quarter in the play-in back in April against these Miami Heat. And... Now the same team that was almost booted from the play-in has an NBA Finals series in front of them. So as we kind of cap off the Eastern Conference Finals, I have to start by saying Reggie Miller is absolutely convinced that the Boston Celtics were going to complete the series victory and do what has never been done before coming back from down 3-0 and winning had it not been for Jason Tatum's rolled ankle. It was the most mentioned thing on the broadcast Monday night, and it honestly took away from what was happening on the court. All the training guards that... And I understand Reggie Miller is not the most popular broadcaster. You haven't been a fan for a long time. I don't think I realized how many people are not fans of him because I saw a lot of those tweets. I'm not a critical person. I actually enjoy it sometimes. However, I'll go two ways here. One, the Celtics don't win that game with a healthy Jason Tatum, unfortunately. Not that I'm a big fan either way of either of those teams, though Tatum gained a ton of my respect. Not that he even needed it. He's at absolute worst of what? Top eight or nine basketball player in the world at worst, comfortably top 10. Number two, one of my absolute favorite players in the league has been for at least four or five seasons. I think before I was out East, so probably even more than that, Jalen Brown. Now, normally when somebody is, you see a bunch of people tweeting about the same thing. It's kind of just copying each other, you know, the follower effect, but 
if you really watch that man who has so much talent, I, I love his game. You know, I think he's a very intriguing player. He needs to add to his handles. He really does because, and there's no real intel here. I personally think the Celtics pay him, making him the highest paid player ever, I believe I saw. And I think they keep the Jays together at nearly $60 million a year. Because I'm not sure what type of return you get back, especially when you saw some of those struggles. But they've got a little ways to go. And now Missoula's got a long way to go. Nick, it's absolutely crazy to me that any NBA franchise would like to pluck from this Boston Celtics coaching staff because rumors have been swirling that Joe Missoula may get fired despite bringing his team to the Eastern Conference Finals in his first year as head coach. And you talk about Jalen Brown. The Boston Celtics have their hands tied right now. You said it best. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will likely be tied together in Boston for the long haul because... NBA teams outside of the Boston Celtics are not sold on Jalen Brown's abilities, certainly to be a one option on an NBA team. He's not capable of that. It's clear as day. But he is a valuable enough player to keep on your franchise. And his trade value has actually plummeted based on his performance in the Eastern Conference Finals because you talked about his handle. He did not impact the game positively on Monday night in an embarrassing loss at home, all while being the leading scorer for the Boston Celtics. That's really what it comes down to in this Game 7. and. I don't think that duo flourishes down the stretch because Jason Tatum is a bona fide superstar in this league. And Jalen Brown, believe it or not, holds him back. They do not complement each other well enough to keep this duo together. But Boston does not know what to do at this point. And they're going to be in limbo for a number of years if these two players remain in that starting five together it's sad and unfortunate because the conference finals is kind of where this team lives which is an accomplishment in itself but you have to get over the hump at some point and it's not going to be done with these two at the helm you know we we got to get to the finals soon but i got to say terrific points made by you I, I love the part about you know living in the conference finals because they essentially have I think you've got to give a lot of credit you know the recent years Brad Stevens obviously Ime Udoka you know Joe Mazzula absolutely certainly helped at least getting them there you know we'll see kind of what he does look I've told you this I've said it to our friend Max you know I've got two or three real kind of complaints about the NBA these days. And I do think impatience is one of them. However, 
It's going to be interesting because you're right. They've continued to get this far. I think many thought they were going to win it last year. I did. They were the title favorites coming into this year. And I think they've been honest. I, I actually think the locker room is in a really good place. And I think you, there's only one of two options. I don't think there's kind of this half and half here stuff. I think you fully run it back with maybe adding another guy here or there. Or like you mentioned, if you really don't feel they can flourish, then you blow up the star power. But to me, the East is wide open, more wide open than the West. Like, I'm not sure people are afraid of the Bucks after this year. Sixers doing new things now with, you know, coaching and their roster. Uh, who else? And, you know, the Heat, as cool as this is, they'll have a lot of guys back, but they won't be picked top three, four, maybe even five in the East. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I personally think you bring it back, see what you do with guys like Grant Williams, but I personally don't even think a trade for Damian Lillard, that's a name that's been out there, makes them that much better, not because he's not better than Jalen, but because of how he would fit with some of the other pieces, as well as not really known for a defender himself. Nick, you cap off the Boston Celtics talk perfectly there, and you mentioned the Miami Heat. They are the perfect example, sadly, showing that the regular season does not matter because this team was widely regarded as a team that was not playing well together throughout the regular season. There was a lot of talk that the locker room was in turmoil between the big three in Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Not that they were not close, but their play was not cutting it in the regular season. Obviously, they were in the play-in situation, but they got hot at the right time and have been able to muster up an NBA Finals appearance. And the role players on this squad have come up huge in these NBA playoffs. You saw it Monday night, and there was talk, who does the Conference Finals MVP go to? Does it go to Caleb Martin, who was nearly out of the league a couple years ago? Or does it go to the superstar? Put that tag on him. Jimmy G Buckets, and the G stands for Gets. It has to go to Jimmy Butler. As much as I love Caleb Martin and what he's done for this team, you don't get to the NBA Finals without Jimmy Butler and his mentality, that killer mentality, much like a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan had in their careers. Jimmy had 28 points in this closeout game. Caleb Martin had an astonishing 26. But Jimmy is the leader of this team. And believe it or not, in many games in this series, he's not had a great deal of help from the likes of Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo, who are supposed to be a great supporting cast for him. So I couldn't be happier for Jimmy and the matchup ahead of us, Nick, because two of my favorite players in this league are going to battle it out for hopefully the next two to three weeks. Yeah, two two of probably your top 
four or five players, I would think, in addition to Zach and D. Rose, really. Look, here's where I'm at. I'll say first on the ECF, I'm not a, you know, I, I like Jimmy. I've grown to really like him on the Heat. Uh, I like Martin. I, I don't necessarily have a bias either way. I think Caleb Martin was consistently the best player in that series. That That's what I would have done, but I understand your point. This is not necessarily the deepest basketball take. However, I stand by it. At one point in that game, my timeline on Twitter, and you know, it's a lot of sports people, but it's not like just sports people, certainly not just NBA people, um, you know, writers, fans, what have you. It was almost all talking poorly about Bam Adebayo. I'm serious, like six or seven in a row. Now, I don't know a ton about Bam, but I, I like him because I really like that Kentucky team. And I think he's a really unique player. This series is going to tell me all I really need to know about him. Now, is anyone going to stop Jokic? No. Even Anthony Davis, who is a top three defensive player in the world, couldn't really, and that's okay. But Bam needs to make things difficult. He needs to make sure Miami doesn't need to double. And he's also got to show some efficiency offensively, actually scoring and using. He's got a little bit, you know, bag, post moves, whatever you want to say. He has some. I mean, there was a ridiculous play where he used his handle, went right, spin move, dropped Jalen Brown, and dunked it. Like, you can do some of that against this Denver team, who, by the way, we've both liked Denver for years. You are the Jokic guy. And I've been a fan of this roster all year, even when people were kind of crapping on them. So I know we're not quite at a prediction point here, but I will say I've got the most respect possible. For the Nuggets, especially what they just did to LeBron and the Lakers. But Bam can do some things that not many players in this league can. Nick, you're rolling right into these NBA finals, and I absolutely love it because I actually had written down in my notes the matchup to watch in this series will be Bam Adebayo against Nikola Jokic because I actually had to hold myself back the other night actually a couple times over the weekend in tweeting about Bam Adebayo because I do like him a lot and I've seen him do spectacular things on a basketball court. But if I'm being brutally honest, he's been a liability the last few games. His stat line was not bad in game seven, but there are points especially in that Boston series where I was dumbfounded at his play. There were times where he passed up open looks at the basket, something you would not have seen him do in all-star seasons past. And he also allowed this series to go seven games and let Derek White get a rebound and put back with less than a second left on the clock when he could have closed it out at home in game six. Bam Adebayo is going to struggle defensively against Nikola Jokic. I promise you that because Nikola Jokic does not back down from any fight, and I would not be surprised if there is switching going on and Jimmy Butler is left to guard 
the Joker at times because Bam Adebayo has shown he is a weak link on this team at this stage in the playoffs, and I think it's going to be a clear path to victory for the Joker and the Denver Nuggets in these next couple weeks. Yeah, I understand where you were going, but that would shock me specifically. I think we went a little too kind of far on the BAM side because, again, some of the things don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. Another matchup that I'm really intrigued by is basically Jamal Murray, who we know has all the talent in the world, against basically, I'm going to say, Miami's quote-unquote other guys because – Jimmy should be able to hang there. Of course, defensively he can. But you kind of mentioned it earlier. Guys like Martin, guys like Gabe Vincent, who's looked a little healthier, still not himself. Max Struess, who I see is making some media rounds in the Chicago airwaves. Man, the more I talk about it, I I am excited. It doesn't necessarily line up with what I'm going to pick because I think Denver – I've said this for weeks. I think they have a perfect roster, bro. I can't think of really an issue. They've got probably indisputably the best player in the world right now. They've got a terrific, quote-unquote, you know, sidekick, Robin, second guy type thing. A lot of respect for Michael Porter Jr.'s game now. I think this could be an Aaron Gordon make things physical type series. But all that to say, man, eight and a half, nine points tomorrow night. I understand there wasn't a ton of rest, but it's a lot of points for a finals game, man. Nick, you're segueing into our predictions here pretty darn well. And I would like to say about these Denver Nuggets, They are beyond a complete team. You talk about three scoring options in Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. KCP can fire from three-point land at any point in a ball game. And Aaron Gordon will get down and dirty, especially in the paint as of late. There are not enough defensive options on the Miami Heat to stop this Nuggets team. And we know Jimmy Butler at some points in his career has been one of the best defenders in this league. But you mentioned two role players that have scored the lights out in Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin on this Heat team. They are not exactly known for the defensive prowess that Jimmy Butler is. So you're right. Game one, nine points. That is a ton in essentially the Super Bowl. I certainly think Denver comes out on top and sets the tone for this series, but nine points is a ridiculous number. I think it should be right around five and a half. But I'm truly excited for this series, Nick. And it really comes down to this. Did the Denver Nuggets rest too long? 
And can Jamal Murray continue his scoring outburst because Joker can't do it all by himself? I don't think Jamal does, but I think essentially other guys will. Good point about KCP. Uh, Gabe Vincent's a solid defender for sure. Look, if I had to take a side, which I, I don't plan on actually, in this game one, it'd probably be Miami if that has reached nine. However, I think the Nuggets win. I think Miami has to win one of the first two, just like how I felt about the Lakers against the Warriors and then the Lakers against the Nuggets, essentially. I'll say this. I'm excited, and I think game-specific, kind of like the Lakers, each game should be very competitive. And and I'm almost growing to not like this. I don't know if you follow a lot of Nuggets fans or media. There's there's starting to be a little bit of like this wave of oh, it's been so long. We we almost deserve this, which we're not really around. But they're incredibly likable. I think both teams are pretty likable. Flat out, I think the Nuggets are just simply the best team in the NBA. If it were the Celtics, I was going to take the Celtics. I I think I said that to you. I know I said it to our friend of the show, Taylor. I just think they were so deep. But, hmm. Okay, I'm making a late change here. My original prediction was Denver in five. But I think that this Spo factor, who's clearly been the best coach in the NBA the last eight, nine years, likely, maybe outside of Kerr, but likely. I'll take Denver winning in six, four to two. They got the best player, home court, and the better overall team. Nick, I absolutely love your breakdown. And you talk about Eric Spolstra. He is one of the best coaches in the game of basketball right now. He's an all-time coach in the NBA, believe it or not. He's vying for his third championship in just over a decade as the head coach of the Miami Heat. So you have to factor him in at all times because he gets the most out of these players, much like a Tom Thibodeau. The difference between Spo and Tibbs is that Coach Spo does not burn his players out the way a Tibbs does in the regular season. So, Nick, I'm almost on the same page with you here but I have to remain consistent in my prediction, and that is the Denver Nuggets will roll in what we like to call a gentleman's sweep. It's going to be 4-1. I think they win both in Denver to start out the series. Miami takes one at home, and the rest is gravy for these Denver Nuggets. And you talk about the fan base. They only deserve a championship because they've earned the opportunity to be here. This team is complete, and guys like Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray have been through the dog days and the mud, and these players have earned the opportunity to hoist the Larry O'Brien. The Denver Nuggets have had very spectacular teams in the 21st century you talk about carmelo anthony retiring a week ago now the Jokic era is reaching 
a high point. This is not a team with a lot of history. Their history is right now. So enjoy it while it's here, folks, because it's very hard to repeat in this league, as we know. So, Nick, I'm grateful that we both had a chance to get our final predictions out on this series. Closing out the show, I'd like to move into a segment called Pick of the Week. It does not have to be what your prediction is on the series. It could be about game one. It could be about a player in game one, what their stat line may look like. Give me something strong for the listeners at home as we roll into the weekend of basketball. Well, I will, but I will make that. I like the sound of the segment, but I've got to ask you a question. So my pick of the week will be BAM combines for 40 and 25 in games one and two. But my question for you, if Jokic gets this thing done, which let's be honest, there are no excuses for this team not to. And I know you understood my point as well because you don't like entitled fans. Is he higher on the all-time list than Giannis? Nick, you've left me near speechless with that question because they have had such similar careers. They've both got two MVPs. They've both played for franchises with not a great deal of winning in their past. And they both hail from Europe and have become superstars in their positions and treasured by their fan bases. I am certainly not a fan of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I live in the city where he plays. So I am the outlier. I don't know if Nikola Jokic winning a championship propels him past Giannis in terms of an all-time player, but I am on record saying that Nikola Jokic is a better basketball player than Giannis Antetokounmpo. So take that as you will, folks, because, yes, I am a fan of the Joker. I am not necessarily a fan of Giannis, and many of the listeners at home know that. They will have essentially identical accolades on their record if the Nuggets pull off this victory. But I don't see a lot of championships coming out of Milwaukee in years to come, and I could see... Denver having a lot of success with this young group or bringing players in to play with a true one-of-one talent in number 15. That's a great answer. I had to ask you that because I, I personally think a lot of our listeners won't like this as, you know, the show has flown. I, I gave – Jokic the crown a couple months ago for the best player in the world. And, and though he'll be missing the defensive aspect that Giannis has had, I think just this run, not necessarily the playoffs, though that Sun series and then LeBron AD dominance was impressive, but all year where he could have won a, he could have won a third straight MVP. I'm getting close. You're saying Nick, they certainly will be compared to each other for the next 
decade plus, as crazy as that sounds. And you almost treated that pick of the week as your bold prediction like we do in football because Bam out of bio, that is a hefty stat line between games one and two. And I don't think he gets the job done on the scoring side. Certainly the rebounds. He should. If he doesn't, that means Miami is down 2-0 quickly. And my pick of the week will absolutely be Nikola Jokic reaches a triple-double in game one, setting the tone for this series and letting his home fan base know that a championship is coming back to Denver for the first time in the franchise's history. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me in this preview. And, folks, we will likely be recapping games one and two at the top of next week. So strap in for a wild stretch of basketball. And I truly can't wait until football is on the docket soon enough. As always, just up, bear down forever.